welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Scary movie love for scary movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley, and I'm super excited for this week's show because we're talking about urban legend, which mm-hmm. means I'm joined by the man who eats all the pop rocks, Adam Risky. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding. Does anybody want a Pepsi, the official sponsor of Urban Legend? <laughs> I thought... It would be funny if I brought Pop Rocks and Pepsi and had them on the podcast. Yeah. But then I Googled, like, what happens when you do that, and it said that you'll, like, burp uncontrollably. Nice. And I was just like, that sounds like something from, like, the early days. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a real 2010 (laughs) thing. Yeah. Yeah. I figured, like, I'm just like, if I just preface it, like, this was an idea it probably is better for me as my health and my <laughs> comfort than if I actually did it. How's your scary movie month going? It's going good. Good. It's weird. I had like a crisis of conscience on October 2nd where I was just like, I'm fucking this month up. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like I do that sometimes where like I'm just like – because it was like midnight that Sunday okay. going into October 1st. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm tired. I'll just – I'm not going to watch something at midnight. I'm going to watch something when I get up. And then I was just like, well, there's already a demerit. <laughs> like, that's, I'm already fucking this Why up. do we put all this pressure on ourselves? I don't know. Like, we can watch whatever we want <laughs> all year long. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, for some reason, it's yeah. like, I can't watch anything but a horror movie in October. Like, why am I putting these stupid rules on yeah. myself? And then I watched a movie, like, in the morning. And then, I, and then like, football was happening. Yeah. So I watched some football. Yeah. And then I watched a movie, like, in the evening that I didn't like that much. Mm. And I was just like, what is this month? <laughs> I'm like, I'm here, I'm there, I'm, I'm stuck. And then I was like, I need some surefire hits. Yeah. So I watched like, and I won't talk about these because okay. I don't need to, but like <laughs> I watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and Naturally. Tales from the Hood okay. back to back in one night. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, all right, I'm in the spirit now. And like, <laughs> I, it's been smoother sailing Good. since then. Yeah. I've watched some shit, but I've also watched some stuff that I like. So yeah. it's kind of a wash. Yeah, I'm watching way more favorites and stuff that I've wanted to revisit yeah. um, that I had seen one time than new movies. I've watched like a few new movies, but not that many. That's the way to heartache, my friend. Yeah. Watching new stuff. <laughs> I have had a couple where I was like, I like these movies. And then I watched and I'm just like, what, what was I thinking? Like or what? Like, so they, is it stuff you're going to talk about? It's not. I'll just okay, throw out okay. the one example. Oh, there might be more than one example. That's but okay. um. The one that sticks out to me the most is uh, – actually, there's two. There's um, Suspiria 2018. Oh, okay. Which I was, like, really in the bag for right. when I saw it opening night in theaters. And then I just did not like this time. I thought it was just kind of boring. And then I don't know what it was. Maybe it was, like, that massacre that you and I were at separately because I wasn't part of the site yet. But, like, when they played Wizard of Gore – I was like, oh, this concentrate is, is that concentrate? Okay, I yeah. was like, this is so much fun uh-huh. in like a theater and stuff. Yeah. And then I watched like Blood Feast after that massacre and liked it. And I was still on its wavelength. And then I watched it for reserve seating this weekend. And I'm just like, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> like, this is not good. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> Wizard of Gore was fun with a crowd. Yeah, I think Blood Feast would have been probably fun with I, a crowd. my guess is any Herschel Gordon Lewis would be fun yeah. with a crowd. I find them mostly tedious on my own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time I've watched one on my own, okay. so I don't feel like I'm going to 
do that very often. I'm not a big, uh, I think I texted you, I'm not really a Herschel Gordon Lewis guy. Yeah, no. I don't know. Sometimes, like, I'm, I, I, I like Herschel Gordon Lewis because, like, it helped me unlock Terrifier 2 a bit. Okay. Because I was just like, oh, well, the gore I was so worried about and on edge about, it, it's just Herschel Gordon Lewis right. gore. But and then I kind of had that in my head, and I'm just like, oh, let's go back to Blood Feast. And I watched Blood Feast. I'm just like, I don't like violence against women. <laughs> and this is all this is, except for like, isn't that what terrifying cops? And, well, he, he does violence against men too. Like one guy stabbing the dick, right? I don't know. I'm afraid to watch Terrifier <laughs> two again. Now. I think it's almost all women. Oh no, the guy working at the at yeah. the costume shop too. I so forgot I about know. that guy. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just you need to see. These movies with an audience. I don't know. You should be like me and watch Terrifier 2 way too much. Yeah. Uh, The seven-word review scary movie challenge continues Mm -hmm. on all month long at FDS Movie. Every time you watch a horror movie in the month of October, go to FDSMovie.com. And if you're able to, because Blogger will allow you to, please leave a seven-word review of that movie. We will read some of our favorites on the show, which we are going to do. Mine are mm-hmm. all kind of old because yeah. last week's episode got canceled and I had them for that show. So I'm just like, well, I'll just read them because otherwise they'll totally fall through the cracks. Yeah, I just went back to the day that the Phantom of the Paradise podcast dropped. Oh, so you went way back. Okay. Because I'm just like, well, they wouldn't have read any October right. 4th ones. So Correct. I went from there wow. all the way. And I got to tell you, and this is not a... This is not me critiquing all of you in your seven-word reviews. The ones on October 4th were really, really good, and it kind of teetered off a little bit. <laughs> what do you then. think was in the water on the 4th? I don't know. Quality? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Quality water. Everybody watched Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and Tales in the Hood, and they were supercharged. Yeah, they, and they've been watching. Went straight to the laptop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've been watching Blood Feast and getting lazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Adam, go ahead. Okay, uh, Chris Sabalos, uh, Spider Baby, uh, Mute Sid Haig, and Dumbwaiter. Enough said. <laughs> Monkey of the Lords of Salem. How cute it has its father. Um, I fucked it up. How cute <laughs> it has his father's tentacles. Or, almost perfect, lack of Walgreens hurts film. Which is a very specific Hocus Pocus 2 reference, was, I was which thinking, I only know because of you, because I've never seen Hocus Pocus 2. I was thinking there might be a Hocus Pocus 2 reference, but, oh yeah, because it's Salem. They're both right. in Salem. Right. Okay. It's all coming together. All right. All right. Uh, Patrick Regal, The Mummy's Hand. I can't imagine anything worse than immortality. I just agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Brian Kazmierski of Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Half the country would vote for Clamp. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, Frank Levesque, totally killer. You leave Julie Bowen alone, you monster. Grant Hurlbert, our friend of Contracted. What are a few maggots between friends? Uh, Mac McIntyre for Frankenstein, 1931. Don Quixote's glad he skipped this windmill. (laughs) Lindsay Wilkins of Wolf Cop. That werewolf is a surprisingly gentle lover. I had that one, too. It's a good one because it reminds me of Moonlight Desires, baby. It's a great song. I think it was in the Eras tour. Era. It was like the one era. Back it. Uh, it was the one cover she did was Moonlight Desires. And now here's one from my friend Gowan. <laughs> the Staples Center goes nuts. They did. It was SoFi Stadium. Oh, sorry. Damn it. How embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, cryptocurrency.com <laughs> arena. Um, Louis Viljean for Hatchet 2. Danielle Harris is hot. Crowley is hotter. I like it. Yeah. H-O-D-D-E-R. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Frank Dahlmeyer of Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Sometimes leaving the IP alone is better. That's pretty good, Gwen. Thank you. Uh, Miko from uh, Phantoms. Expected multiple Billy Zanes. I was disappointed. <laughs> Rocco T. Thompson of Totally Killer. Sort of, kind of, very nearly, almost Totally Killer. <laughs> uh, Ronan C. for Tales from the Hood. Clarence Williams gives a very risky performance. Yay. Mac McIntyre of Vampire Hookers. Good. Title. Bad. Pretty much everything else. <laughs> uh, Brian Biddle for Black Swan. Girls Gone Foul. Swan Lake Spring Break. <laughs> <laughs> Ross of Leprechaun. Is this the one with the Ewoks? Will Benson, the Exorcist believer, this actually make, made me miss Prince Avalanche. <laughs> so I've seen Prince Avalanche. I have uh, too. Cinema Spection of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and Ned Beatty as Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> which is like kind of spot on. He does look like he Winnie does. the Pooh. Well, that iteration looks like Ned Beatty. I almost watched that movie. It's on Peacock, and I bailed after five minutes. Is it- Having that image in my head makes me second guess if Ned Beatty ever wore pants in film, and it's <laughs> just like not. something we just always ignored. That's why he sat at that table behind, in network. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Uh, Brian Sager for Saw 6, starting to think John has emotional problems. I have a Saw 6 from our very own Michael Pomero. Roderick's pranks have finally gone too far. Is that Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Yeah, it is. <laughs> is he is the kid from yeah, Diary? Okay. He plays Roderick, I think in like the Wimpy Kid reboot. Ooh. I can't remember, but he plays Roderick. And... WKR. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Primero for Saw 4. Can't see Lorelai as a cop's wife. <laughs> the Sonya Show for In the Mouth of Madness, and that's why we started banning books. Uh, Luke Ciancio for Talk to Me. I wonder if that hand gets washed. Brian Biddle of It Chapters 1 and 2. A Pennywise not saved is <laughs> $1.25 <billion> worldwide earned. <laughs> Uh, the Sonya Show for The Exorcist 3, The Power of Finishing Franchises, compelled me. Well, you picked a good one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, if you stop there. Yeah, if you stop uh, Jennifer of The Craft. I don't understand their school's uniform policy. <laughs> um, I think it's pronounced Jopel. I have one, too. Videodrome? No. Okay. I that's think, my next one. I think my beta hole is infected. <laughs> uh Jop, Jopel of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. New TikTok craze. The Carotid Gush. Don't cut that one. Oh, Carotid Artery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Aaron I Keith. acted it out, everybody. It's yeah. theater of the mind. I love acting. <laughs> Big fan of it. Yeah. You can't do movies without acting. <laughs> well, yeah. you could. Uh, um, I'm out, so the rest of them are yours. Okay. Uh, Aaron Keith for Saw X. Why Amanda be looking like Mr. Spock? <laughs> very true it's great it's such a choice that you expect it to be explained at some point nope nope they just went with that wig joel edmiston for the nun too boy he got that nun in him (laughs) uh jeff quinn for vhs 85 i can't wait for vhs insert year (laughs) (laughs) it's coming um they Maddie announced the next one. Maddie Cook. They have? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. All right. It's like the tapestry of our lives. <laughs> Maddie Kulka. Another wolf cop, probably followed by Look Who's Wolfing 2. Sorry. Look Who's Wolfing 2. Sylvester <laughs> um, oh, Stallone. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Uh, <laughs> I see you. Look who's back. Uh, look who's a wolf cop. Look who's talking one opened on Friday the 13th, 1989. Is that true? It did in October. Wow. Yeah. That's 
fucking crazy. It was the Eras tour of 1989. Eras. Back it. Um, <laughs> Stir of Echo, or sorry, Wade for Stir of Echoes. One, confirms football is a source of all evil. <laughs> Two, Kevin Bacon's blood type after filming OJ Positive. <laughs> which is a great joke because he drinks so much orange juice in that movie. Really? I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, there's like, like anytime uh, Ileana <clears throat> Douglas... Uh, puts him under he's always like uh, when he gets out of it oh, he's, he's just like, like i need some oj yeah he's just like man, man. purple stuff sunny d <laughs> <laughs> no sunny d straight to the minimade i have a carton though i don't know yeah, yeah. he probably loves paper straws um <laughs> <laughs> rob d Cristino, halloween the return of michael myers jim rat psychos never skip thumb day <laughs> And uh, this one's from today. Uh, John Guts. I thought this was really funny. Pet Cemetery Two. No one yells "mom" like quite like Furlong, <laughs> which is so that is great. very true. Yeah. yeah, it's like something that's just been out there for thirty years. And Does he do it in Brain Scan at all? I don't think so because no. he doesn't. He's too busy. Have a mom in that one. Or oh, his I mom forget that. Passed away or that's something. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, she passes away in Pet Cemetery too. Also, but that doesn't stop him from going mom. Yeah, but it happens off screen and brain scan. Yeah. It yeah. happens in front of him in Pet Cemetery too. I love how we're having the deep dive about furlong fictional mothers. That's our new podcast. <laughs> yeah, furlong. Welcome to FFM mothers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Adam, have you seen anything scary lately? Yeah. Um, so I just, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Oh, okay. I just came from the movie theater and I saw Taylor Swift, the Eras tour. Eras. Eras. Um, and it was interesting cause I went into the movie, um, I guess a, I would say maybe like a casual appreciator of her music. I don't even know if I would go as far as saying a fan, but I was interested in seeing this movie because of all the hype that this concert has gotten. And I was just like, okay, well this just seems like culmination of like <laughs> so many years and so many albums. It's like her big, like career peak at okay. the, like at least as of right we now, think. we think as of right now. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I really want to see what all the hype is about. Yeah. And then also I was kind of doing a test for myself of like, is this going to fully convert me? I would never identify as a Swifty because I feel like that's disparaging to true Swifties because I'm not there. So there were I, – I, I loved her energy, her attitude, her um, personality I find very charming. She's very positive. She's on the right side of a lot of issues, probably most issues that I've heard her talk about. Um, so she's just like a really likable person, and this really rem- uh, it made me admire her just like stamina. Like it's like three and a half hours um, going through like all these years of music of her stuff. She does about like four or five songs per album. There's a couple of them that are more of like the artsy stuff, mm. like Evermore. Or f- there's like a folk thing, and yeah. like didn't really do much for me. There's yeah. a few times where she goes back to like kind of her country beginnings. And mm. I was just like, I didn't really like that. And it reminded me of like back then why I didn't like get on board with Taylor Swift. Cause I was just like, she's faking being a country artist, like sort of got it. Yeah. Um, when she's really just kind of be it like, cause that's maybe like an entry point for her mm-hmm. to like get to be commercial. And like, she was always singing songs about like bleachers and like, 
food lunch cards or something like that. And I was just like, I don't know what the fuck. Pretty this sure is. that's what her songs. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I didn't really like that stuff when she revisited it. Okay. But like, there's certain albums like 1989 where it's like where she got like real poppy, and then Red's got some good stuff on there, and like uh lover which is a more recent one has some good like ballady type stuff on there and then midnights and stuff like that the, the most recent album was really good so all right anyways i was really embarrassed to go see this in the theater i wanted to see the show but i was just like oh god so i felt like like if i were going to see something really scary like in a meringue <laughs> by myself um i felt just like and it, it I had reason to be because I was sort of shamed by little girls in the audience. It was almost as bad as when I went to see Fault in Our Stars on opening day, and it was like a theater of 400, and it was me and like 399 women, and they looked at me, and I'm just like, I'm like, I like Shailene. I'm a romantic. I'm a romantic. Um but yeah, I don't know. I I moved seats to a seat closer, and like the screen was like right on top of me, and I had this transformative experience in the sense that like i felt like Gennaro on the toilet and taylor swift was t-rex and i wanted nothing more than her to come out of the screen and bite down into me and shake me violently and just being like yes this is it <laughs> like if that were the way that i went yeah so i think i'm a taylor swift fan, okay though. yeah well, i like have another music. thing to talk about with rob i do so that's fun yeah you guys are gonna devote the next reserve seating to Amsterdam <laughs> no. and then Valentine's Day. I'm not, no. Oh, that Is was that it. Are those the two? I think so. That okay. was one of the reasons why I didn't like her at the beginning because I saw Valentine's Day and I thought that her, she was way a flibber to gibbet. <laughs> I'm like, you need to calm down. Have you and watched? And that's the name of one of her songs. <laughs> but like for me, I was just like, you are acting spazzy and it's <laughs> uncomfortable. And now I'm just like, well, it's Gary Marshall directing. That's, yeah, that was Gary Marshall's fault, not hers. Yeah. Have you seen Miss Americana? No. It's on, well, you don't have Netflix right now, right? No, not okay. right now. I'll get it at the end of the year to catch up on stuff. So I would say watch it, okay, uh, especially if you're a fan, because yeah. I watched it a couple of years ago when it first came out, and mm. then Rosie, Erica took Rosie to Era, Era's tour last night, Yeah. and first thing this morning, Rosie needed more Taylor Swift fix, mm. so she put on Miss Americana, and I ended up watching a lot of it, just me and Erica, because Rosie left the room, and I was reminded of how much I like Taylor Swift just as a human, Yeah. and it kind of addresses some of that country stuff and yeah. why she started out country and ended up switching and mm -hmm. it, it's it's a really good documentary yeah like when she talks about her career at this point in the movie it's like she thanks the fans at one point for letting her go genre hopping yeah right and everything like that so like it makes more sense now but i remember like when she did 1989 yeah. i was just like this is awesome. I like this way more than I liked your country stuff. And right. it, but it always felt like, like, like horrors guaranteed box office. It's like if you start <laughs> right. out as right. cute blonde girl in country music, <laughs> it's just like there's no way you cannot be successful. Sure. So yeah. sure. Yeah. Um. But horror stuff. Yes. I saw a movie that I need to apologize to you about because I made a what? snide remark on Friday Night Double Features. Oh, I know what this is. Um, you programmed Tales from the Crypt Presents Ritual. I did! And I made a theme about let's... It's called, like, uh, They Massacred <laughs> My Boy, and it's just, like, all shit. Yeah. And I, just, I, I doubled it with Hell, <laughs> Hellraiser Hell World and stuff like that. 
I'm like, well, if you're going to lead with crap, then I'm <laughs> leaning into it. And then I, I said that having only seen really just the Crypt Keeper stuff in Ritual. Which I'll be honest, I didn't even know the Crypt Keeper showed up in Ritual. Like, I thought it was just branded Tales from the Crypt, but not... I can't get uh, the story straight. Okay. It's supposed... From what I thought is that Ritual was just this movie, and it was released in 2002 in, like, some markets, like the Philippines, and, like, some some stuff that you wouldn't think of, like, as natural, like, film markets to lead with a movie. Right. And then it ended up on DVD in 2006 in America, and they branded it as a Tales from the Crypt movie in order to market it more effectively. Sure. So it's not just this random right. soft remake of I Walked with a Zombie. Um, so I, I I heard that they just kind of shoehorned in the, the Crypt Keeper stuff. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense because the Crypt Keeper looks like the Crypt Keeper that they were selling at Party City. <laughs> it looks like it barely moves. It's wearing dreadlocks. It's farting and talking about like jerk chicken. <laughs> and it's got like way male gaze. It's just like, look at these girls. <laughs> and I'm just like... This is not how he was all the time. I'm so renting this yeah. tonight. <laughs> the, I already wanted to see it, but now you just sold me on it so hard. I got <laughs> I got to tell you though. I rented it off of Amazon yeah. and they don't have the Cryptkeeper stuff. What? But if you go on YouTube, you can see the Cryptkeeper stuff. I'm so worried now. Yeah, so, I was going to rent it off Voodoo, but I don't I don't I, know if I'm Voodoo. I'll bet it doesn't. But yeah, they so the, the DVD and the Blu-ray are out of print. Are they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I would just blind buy that shit. Yeah, but I, after we're done recording, I almost want to be like in the room with you while you watch the Crypt Keeper <laughs> stuff, like just to see him and see him talk, and he's just like, and, like <laughs> it's very weird. But like the intro is so like he's just like, look at these butts. <laughs> and I'm just like, what are we doing? Um, and like the I outro, like big butts, and the, I cannot die. <laughs> The outro is like ADR of this imaginary director, and he's just like, I don't work with unprofessional people like this. And he's just like, shut up. There's bitches here. And I'm just like, what are we doing? Um, so, <laughs> but Ritual itself is not yeah. bad. All right. Um, it's not as good as Demon Knight. It's <laughs> probably not as good as Bordello of Blood. Wait a second. <laughs> but it's not like... It's competent in ways that Bordello of Blood is not. I'll take it's it. It's just not as fun as Bordello of Blood, I guess. I could I could see that. Yeah. Um, so it's, like I said, kind of a soft remake of I Walked with a Zombie, which I haven't seen in a while, but is a pretty cool movie. And then it just reminded me a lot of, like, the voodoo or medical episodes. So it doesn't, like work as an hour and 40 minute movie all that great but like you could see like if they condensed it into like a half hour episode it would be a good one does vanity have sex with james remar no no there there's not a lot of sex in it mm. Mm. got craig sheffer i'm not selling me on it it's got jennifer gray doing a dirty dance all right i'm sold yeah so it's all right i'm gonna check it out for yeah. sure uh, and then last night I watched From a Whisper to a Scream. Yeah, you did. R.I.P. Jeff Burr. R.I.P. Jeff Burr. That's the reason why I watched it, because yeah. like, I hadn't seen it since the first time I saw it. Yeah. Um, it was also called The Offspring right. when it was released, which only makes sense because that's like basically the first segment. This was my first movie of Scary Movie Month. 
maybe the first year we did Scary Movie Month? No, because we did it in 2010. But yeah. like 2011, I was in this house, stayed up till midnight to change the site over, put it on on Netflix, watched the whole thing. And at one in the morning, I was like, this movie's kind of freaky. Yeah, it's it's kind of creepy yeah. in a way that yeah. like I'm not used to a lot, especially with the anthologies. They sort of like lull you into like, this is going to be kind of a, a party. Um, <laughs> and... This and uh, Three Extremes is another anthology that really Still freaks seen me out. That one. That, that, uh, it's going to take some courage to get up to that one. <laughs> but um, from Whisper to Scream, I think like there's one segment in it that I think is one of the scariest things I've ever seen in a horror movie. It's the one with the glass eater. Okay. And Rosalind Cash is so like – she's like Jada Pinkett mean. Yeah. And she's just like – just cursing all these people and you could tell like the sense of dread where they're just like hopeless in these situations and they have to walk on eggshells not to upset this woman who's got like mind control and body control right. over everybody is like really unsettling and then there's um like a punchline to like the terry kaiser segment that's like really evocative and you're just like oh god that would be so <laughs> horrible and then by the end it's just like 30 minutes of sweaty Cameron Mitchell and I'm just like, oh God, I need a shower and stuff like that. <laughs> it is a it's a, a definite real, need a shower movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I watched Gothica for the first time. <laughs> I wasn't expecting much out of Gothica um, and it was kind of exactly... <laughs> <And> it delivered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was kind of exactly everything I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was like Dark Castle towards the end trying right. to be a little classier. Right. And it just sort of is this kind of unin- uninvolving mystery with, like, ghost girls and Halle Berry in a mental asylum and this stuff like that. This is illogical. It, it's interesting enough because the cast is so stacked and um, the cinematography is pretty interesting, pretty cool It's until it gets tiresome because it's all, like, <laughs> this blue hue. He does some cool things with the camera. It's a little show-off-y, which yeah. I appreciate. Yeah, Matthew Kasovitz does a decent enough job directing yeah. it. I just, yeah, I mean, like, by the time it got to the Limp Biscuit <laughs> cover of uh, Behind Blue Eyes, I was just like, I'm like, this is, I can't wait for this to be over. And then, like, they played that song, I'm just like, yes, I couldn't <laughs> wait for this to be over because this is awesome. Um... Would you rather watch this or Ghost Ship again? Ghost Ship. Interesting. Yeah. Ghost Ship. Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> I don't like Ghost Ship, but like I could watch it once every three years. It's more of a Dark Castle movie. That's what I want. Like yeah. I want Dark Castle to Dark Castle. Right. Although it never got as good as House on Haunted Hill again. No. Or no, I take that back. House of Wax. And then and House on Haunted Hill. Those are the top two. I would agree with those being the top two, but I don't think House of Wax is as good as House on Haunted Hill. Okay. That's my that's my number one Dark Castle. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I'll even take a Thirteen Ghosts. It's not great, but it's got cool art direction and cool yeah. ghost effects. And yeah. like, there's a lot of cool shit in it. It's just not a great movie. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I saw Haunted Mansion 2023, which I still need to watch. It's not as bad as the 2003 one. Okay, I'll take it. It's funny because when the movie starts and you know how like on disney plus it'll say rated pg-13 for suggestive yeah, blah, yeah, blah blah yeah. it says 
Also, like, I don't remember what this, what it says exactly, what the text is, but it basically says there's a lot of product placement in this. And I'm like, like, you need to warn people. And then, so I had that on the brain and there's so many times where it's just like, I bought this notebook at CVS and it's just like, my wife died in a car accident because she was out getting Baskin Robbins and stuff like that, where it's like stuff you could say, like, here's a notepad or like. Right. She went out to get, ice, to get ice cream. It's kind Something of a, a person would say. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of jarring or it's just like, I bought this haunted mansion on Zillow and stuff like that. <laughs> Does Disney really need the product placement money? Like, you're Disney. Yeah. You're doing okay. Are they? Well, <laughs> they were. <laughs> They're doing okay until they had they a, have to a do, bad year. Yeah, right. They've had a bad year, They're but doing, like yeah. they were doing fine. They don't need to take money from Baskin Robbins. Yeah. All right. Pretend you're a shareholder. I'm a shareholder at Disney. Unlimited growth. Pretend you're a creative. I'm a creative. We're losing so much money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's fine. It's okay. more a movie to have on in the background while you're like writing shit down or okay. like on the internet or whatever is um, muppet haunted mansion still the best haunted mansion adaptation i didn't like that really okay did you like it i liked it enough okay. i liked it better yeah. than the eddie murphy one and yeah. i haven't seen the new one yet yeah. so i'll say it's better than both of those okay okay all right um i i know you saw this i saw dead of night 1977 oh yeah um weirdly enough so like it's all about the bobby segment yeah and I know that it's sort of like Trilogy of Terror where it's like you just got to gut your way through the first two. <laughs> and I'm watching the first one. It's about like Ed Bagley Jr. with a car and it's like not even horror and stuff yeah. like that. And the whole time I'm just like, I don't know why I like this. And then like the second one happened. I was just like, I, it's in one ear out the other. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Um, and then Bobby's starting and I'm just like, I really like that Ed Bagley Jr. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> and then I like I watched Bobby and it was like pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't get scared by it as much as I wanted to. Yeah. Um, I think if I were like younger, it would freak me out because Bobby's monster face is the same as like it's like a kid version of Dan Aykroyd <laughs> at the beginning of Twilight Zone. Oh, the movie. Interesting, yeah. Um, one thing I never understand in these movies, and maybe it just is kind of a testament to like fictional characters being stronger as a human being than I am as a real person. <laughs> If somebody was doing that to me, I would just be like, just fucking kill me. <laughs> I'm like, stop scaring me. Just kill me. I want what, it to be over. It? Oh, it's in um, Toby Hooper's Toolbox Murders. Oh, okay. Really? At one point, a guy's getting cut up and he goes, uh, no, he he's gets like stabbed in the back and it's, he's getting all fucked up and he finally yeah. yells, just fucking kill me. <laughs> That's awesome. Way to go, TB. Yeah, yeah. TH. TB. Yeah. yeah, you know. Toolbox. No, no, I said TB because, like, way to go, because, like, you were coughing up blood. <laughs> and you're cheering for my illness? <laughs> Just fucking kill him. <laughs> no, um, sorry. It's all right. I love viruses. <laughs> um, I watched Stephen King's Graveyard Shift, which would be, that was a rewatch. I watched it a few years ago, and I remember thinking it was, like, not great Stephen King and Stephen Mocked was doing something and I wasn't really a fan of it. And this time I was just like, this is not great Stephen King, but it's kind of great. And yeah. I kind of like what Stephen Mocked is doing because yeah. he's on another planet in this movie. And you had Devoff who looks, but he's like dressed to look like John Corbett. It's very interesting. I just like how Specific sweaty and, interest. Yeah, sweaty and sleazy and fun yeah. it is. It's definitely like the fourth movie on the four pack, but 
super watchable. I would love to watch it like back to back with Thinner. Yeah. Yeah. As a 1990, I mean, 1990 horror movies, like, yeah. were the shit. Yeah, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again. There was something going on with cameras in 1990. Movies look have never looked better yeah. than they did in 1990. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I kicked off the month with Stir of Echoes, and that was a rewatch I put off for a really, really long time because I was afraid of the nail scene. <laughs> Um, and that's all I could think about. And I'm just like, I won't know when it's coming because right. I remember it coming really quick. But for some reason, this time I was just like, oh, yeah, I think this is where the nail thing happens. And I look, <laughs> looked away the okay. two times that it happened. Okay. And I was able to really enjoy the movie again. Good. And um, I love its specificity. I love its, like, just Chicago-ness. Uh, Kevin Bacon's awesome. Catherine Irby's awesome. I love Leanna Catherine Douglas Irby. is awesome. Yeah. Kevin Dunn is like that whole like seven word review about the football team thing. It's so funny because he's just like, my son's really good at football. <laughs> I have to cover up his murder. So, yeah. But yeah. In 1999, I don't know if it was like a contrarian in me because I liked The Sixth Sense, but I think I thought, I think I was like, Stir of Echoes is a better movie. And it's not a better movie, no. but it's still really good. Yeah. 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 Uh, is that it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I saw VHS 85. Okay. They keep making these VHS movies. Yeah. They're kind of indistinguishable from one another. Like, some, some website did a ranking of all of the segments from all of the VHS movies, and there's six now at this point. Yeah. I remember the first three pretty well and i don't even like the third one the third one's vhs viral yeah it's my least favorite of the ones i've seen my least favorite of all of them probably uh but i couldn't tell which segment was from which movie because they all run together i think there's no longer an attempt what i like about a lot of anthologies and you already brought up dead of night and from a whisper to a scream and what's kind of good about both of those anthologies is that they Tell short stories, beginning mm. to end. Yeah. The vampire one in Dead of Night, not totally. Like, mm. it's pretty unsatisfying. Mm. I think the Ed Bagley one is actually more satisfying than the vampire one. That Bagley one is a lot like Walking Distance on the Twilight Zone. Have you ever seen that episode? I don't think it's so. like an early season one episode, okay. but it's all about just kind of like going back into the past and stuff. And it's more of like a whimsical. I called it some kick the can shit when I wrote yeah, about it. Yeah, that's the bad version of it. <laughs> right. Yeah, walking distance is a good version of okay. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that they tell complete stories. And I feel yeah. like some of these VHS movies, they like come up with a premise for a short. Mm-hmm. And then they like do the premise for 10 or 15 minutes. And then they just stop. Yeah. It feels like a lot of first drafts. And it's a lot of filmmakers I like, and there's cool shit mm-hmm. in pretty much every segment. There's something that I like. Yeah. But it just seems like a lot of first draft ideas. And I still get excited for these movies. Every time they okay. announce another one, I'm like, oh, cool, another VHS movie. Maybe this will be the one. Yeah. I, I think I just lost interest because of the come down. Come down. Come down. Come down. I don't want to come back down <laughs> from VHS 2. <laughs> Uh, that one's my favorite. Obviously, I think it's most people's favorite. The Bush song? No, the v- VHS <laughs> two. Uh, I'm with you. VHS viral was a big drop off, and then 
I, it seems to be getting further and further from them that it'll ever get back to VHS 2. Yeah. So that's why I didn't even bother with this one. I think the last one, what, 95 was the last was one? Was the one with Ratma? I liked Ratma. Rat. I thought Rama was like two ago. It might be. That's what Rama I'm saying. They all good. fucking yeah, run together. Rama. Yeah. Rama's good. But Rama is good. There aren't many standouts. And no. that's a real shame because I just feel like this is such an opportunity for a showcase from uh, an up and coming filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Scott Derrickson does a short in this one that a lot of people are loving. And I'm like, do they need Scott Derrickson? Like everybody else, it's David Bruckner. It's. Uh, it's Natasha Kermani. It's uh, I'm blanking on everybody's names. Uh, mm-hmm. Gigi Sal Guerrero, who also has a short in Satanic Hispanics, which I of course wasn't able to see because it showed one night in Chicago. Yeah, uh, but I am looking forward to that because I love horror anthologies mm-hmm. and I want to like these VHS movies more than I do. What is the worst horror anthology you've ever seen? Oh, that's imp- I mean, it's probably Creepshow three. Okay. Yeah. But that would be it. That's tough. Because yeah. I just watched Amusement, and that's not good. Yeah. The one that comes to mind for me is ABCs of Death. See, there's I can find stuff to like in ABCs of Death. Yeah. Okay. That was just like, I'm okay selectively with mean-spiritedness, but that one was just like, yeah. I'm not having a good time. <laughs> uh, speaking of not having a good time, I did not have as good a time as the internet with 2023's Totally Killer... Okay. The new horror comedy time travel slasher from uh, – it's on Amazon Prime. It's not that I hated it. I actually liked a lot of things about it. I thought there were some funny jokes. I thought there were some interesting time travel ideas. There's a, a slasher sequence set on like a Gravitron carnival ride. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I've never seen that in a movie before and that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Every couple of minutes, there would be something inspired that would grab my attention. And then it would be 10 more minutes of like, oh, okay, kind of tired jokes and bad filmmaking. I hate to say it, but like the editing and shot composition in this movie baffled me. Okay. And I rarely notice that shit. Yeah. That's not really how I watch movies unless it's really calling attention to itself in a good way. Mm -hmm. When it's bad, I don't usually notice it. But for some reason in this movie, it was really jumping out at me. I feel like it got better as it went along. But in those first 20 minutes, it almost lost me completely because I was like, this is a really poorly made movie. Yeah. Um, The cast is good. It has some interesting things to say about like the 80s and how kids were just kind of on their own and trusted in a way that they're not anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, casual racism and homophobia like were so widely accepted. And this time traveling character played by Kieran and Shipka is kind of like thrown into culture shock because things yeah. are so different in 2023. And I like that point of comparison instead of being nostalgic about 1980. Six, seven, nineteen eighty-seven, okay. whatever. Uh, um, it points out that like a lot of things were worse. You yeah. know, it's um, a Blumhouse movie, right? Is it? It might be. I thought it was. It yeah. probably is. It, it has their Blumhouse slapdash laziness about it. <laughs> Bl- so you know how Guardians of the Galaxy, in a certain way, sort of like, and it. I like Guardians of the Galaxy one, two, and three, but like. They sort of corrupted Marvel in a sense where it's like everything needs to be funny. Yes. 
I feel like Happy Death Day, for some reason, even though it wasn't like their biggest hit, yeah. has infested itself within the yeah. Blumhouse aesthetic. Yeah. Like, everything is sort of like tongue-in-cheek, like, air quotes. And, this has a lot yeah. of Happy Death Day in yeah. it. Yeah, I'm done with all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I saw The Boogeyman, which I avoided okay. in theaters. Oh, the new one, okay. And avoided... When it was a $20 rental, because I was like, that looks like mm-hmm. a fucking Ghost House Screen Gems movie yeah. from 2002. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it is. Ooh. I don't say that, that sounds, in a good way. That sounds bad. <laughs> I did not yeah. care for really any of the Boogeyman. And again, it's Rob Savage who made Host, which we were just talking like about. And Host is good. I yeah. didn't see Dash Cam. I hear it's not yeah, great. Um, it's based on a Stephen King story. It's got Chris Messina, who I like. It's got the girl who plays young Juliette Lewis in Yellow Jackets, who I like. It had a lot of things going for it, but mm. it just was exactly fucking Darkness Falls. Like, Yeah. I was thinking about watching it, but then I have an evening planned sometime this month to watch Buried Alive, which is a Frank Darabont made-for-TV movie. Better movie. And he directed one of the two segments of the Night Shift collection which was like an 80s like TV dollar baby thing oh, okay. that he did before he did like Shawshank and like any of the King stuff. He directed one, but the other one is The Boogeyman. And I'm just like, well, I kind of just want to watch that version of The yeah. Boogeyman rather than slick, you know, 2023 version. Is of the that available to watch? It's just YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the last movie I'll talk about, I just watched last night with Charlie. We watched Life, which I had never seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 2017, not the Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence one, mm-hmm. which confused a student of mine, which is what put this movie back on my radar. Okay. I always ask him, did anybody watch any movies this weekend? And three of them will raise their hands. And one said, I watched Life. And I was like, oh, the Eddie Murphy movie? And he looked at me like I was fucking nuts. <laughs> like the guy from ne- Candy Cane He had never heard of yeah. Eddie Murphy or a movie called Life. Yeah. He's like, no, it's the one. And before he could even correct it's got himself. got Deadpool in it. <laughs> before he could correct me, I was like, oh, 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 the other one, the other one. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I can't believe I couldn't remember a title as generic as Life. Yeah. I saw that in theaters and liked it and haven't seen it since. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, good cast. Rebecca Ferguson, mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. the rest. It's um, got a good stinger at the end. Good stinger, which I already knew it had been spoiled for me years okay. ago. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it was a good science fiction horror movie that was off my radar and that I don't hear talked about that often. I truly believe because of the title. If it had a yeah. more memorable title, I think people would be pointing to it and saying, see this movie. It also has a lack of characterization. I was like, why did Jake Gyllenhaal sign on to this movie? Mm-hmm. He was a big star by this point. Yeah. He doesn't have a part to play. Characterization is going to come up again when we talk about Urban Legend. Uh, because I don't think it's that hard to write characters even in broad strokes and in a movie like life that's mm-hmm. all you need characters in broad strokes yep. ryan reynolds kind of creates one in a short amount of time just by being ryan reynolds mm-hmm. jake gyllenhaal never really does and it's not that he's bad in the movie or that i didn't like him but it's unusual for me to think nothing of a jake gyllenhaal performance yeah i i think that's an example of like a I'll coin the term plot man performance okay where it's yeah. like i'm there to drive the plot right and for whatever reason, it's just not their concern at the moment. Because, yeah. like, I, I don't know. One, I remember, like, DiCaprio for years. I was just like, 
Body of Lies is like a plot man performance. And there's like, there were so many of those or like Blood Diamond. Well, he kind of tries to do something in Blood Diamond. He does an accent for sure. He does, yeah. 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 Um, I think uh, Florida accent? I can't remember. I haven't seen Blood Diamond since the theater. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. Eddie Zwick? I kind of want to rewatch Blood Diamond because Eddie Zwick. Yeah. um, He's on Twitter a lot, and oh. he t- but he types. He types. He writes a lot of <laughs> less typing, more writing. That's quick. Um, he tweets in longhand. Yeah, he writes a lot of like intriguing little one-off things where it'll be like, look at this scene from Blood Diamond and watch what <laughs> Jennifer Connelly's doing and how she's like listening in the scene while DiCaprio's talking to her. And he's like, and how important, how much better both of their performances can be if the actor is like really, really listening and like mm-hmm. really engaged and stuff. And he does stuff like that where it's like little actor type exercises and things like that. Um, so I find that stuff kind of intriguing sometimes. But you yeah, should, it made me want to rewatch. You should Blood rewatch Diamond. Blood Diamond. Do not rewatch Body of Lies. It's not good. It's not good. I just watched it for the first and probably only time when I did that Ridley Scott retrospective yeah. a couple of years ago, and. uh it's one of his worst movies. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have too many movies that I would straight up say I dislike. Mm-hmm. No other ones that come to mind, actually, except for Body of Lies. Mm-hmm. Even A Good Year is like... I like A Good Year. It's charming, yeah. you know? like It's very beautiful to look at. Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. Armand Asante. 1492, you're... Conquest of Peace. Sigourney Weaver... Is in Christopher Columbus the Discovery, isn't she? Oh, I got it wrong. I don't remember. Fuck. I feel like you might have combined the two Christopher Columbus movies, the competing projects. I would be the first person <laughs> ever to do that. Shame, shame, uh, shame. All right, let's talk about Urban Legend. Yeah. Was there anything other than the it being the 25th anniversary that made you want to talk about Urban Legend for this year's Scary Movie Month podcast? The real reason, and this isn't going to sound like Oh, yeah, let's do an Urban Legend show. I'm running out of 90s movies that mean a lot to me to talk about because we've been doing this for so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I like Urban Legend, and I kind of – the la- the last time I saw it before this time, uh, I posited that it's the best of the Scream knockoffs. Okay. And I liked it way more than I, I, I originally did because the first time I saw it, I was kind of like – it's okay. Yeah, that's like, exactly my reaction. And then didn't really think about it for a long time. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I I thought that Scream as a franchise, you know, between like Craven Craven and things like that. It's kind of like I would love to have done like a Scream show, but like we've been there. We've sure, been yeah. there, done that. Yeah. And, you know, what is left to say? Right. But like Urban Legend, I feel like we could have a good conversation about. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. It's funny because when I saw Urban Legend in 98, I was like, whatever, it's fine, you know, but we're far enough away now Mm -hmm. that like, I like slasher movies. I like almost any Friday the 13th knockoff from the 80s Mm. and we're far enough away from Scream now that I just kind of like any Scream knockoff where I'm just like, yeah, "Yeah, it's just a good slasher movie. Like I like most of them too. I can stop looking at it as like, oh, I know what you did last summer just came out because Scream did well. Right. And I can just look at it as another slasher movie that came out in the late 90s that's, like, pretty good. Mm. And same with Urban Legend. Yep. I like a mystery slasher movie. I do, too. And I like, uh, even though I know that the trope is 
marginalized the talking killer trope. Yeah. I've always kind of liked it. <laughs> like, it just depends on what you do with it. I will say, and spoilers for Urban Legend, if you've never seen Urban Legend, we're yeah. going to be spoiling it because we have to already talk about who the killer is. Um, I don't, and I never have, and I still don't totally love the performance. Okay. Once it's revealed that so-and-so is the killer, mm-hmm. it's all crazy hair and eye makeup yeah. and look at me, I'm bananas. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes wish they played it just a little more the way they've been for the entire movie instead of like, now you know that I'm crazy, I'm going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oliphant does it in Scream 2 and I don't love it. See, I like it both times. Okay. Like, I just love, <laughs> like, um, there's a, there, there's a joke that I have with one of my friends. Hi, Nathan. Um, mm-hmm. where we joke around about the scene at the end of Top Gun Maverick where I think Rooster played <laughs> by <laughs> Miles Teller, his thing is that he's like maybe a little too timid and like him overthinking stuff will get him killed yeah. and he needs to go on instinct and stuff. And there's this thing at the end in the climax where he's just like, talk to me dad and then like he finally gets the courage but like to do what he needs to do he just has to push the joystick forward <laughs> and it seems like not very give dramatic. me the strength anthony edwards yeah he's just like talk to me dad <laughs> and i like the <laughs> of talking killers like if you're gonna be there okay fucking go for it i Have guess fun. yeah i guess and i guess it's like I don't know. I it, it, it's it's like ice cream. It's like, you know, Billy Loomis's chocolate stew, Mocker's vanilla, and then like, you know, Mickey is Rocky Road. And like, <laughs> Billy and Stu go over the top too. It doesn't bother me as much yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, Stu is literally spitting and drooling yeah. as he talks, and just is like, yeah. feral at that point. The only thing I don't like with <clears throat> the talking killers and um, the girl in Scream Six, who's one of the killers, does this. Yeah, where it's like, and uh, not a slasher movie, but James Vanderbeek and Rules of Attraction does this, where it's just okay. like, oh, I'm playing a crazy person, so I need to just go dead-eyed stare and kind of drool a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, that's not good. So, like, <laughs> when, spoiler, Rebecca Gayhart yeah. does what she does, I'm just yeah. like, I applaud you for being Sideshow Bob for the last <laughs> 15 minutes of this movie. She is. She yeah. definitely is. Yeah. I did not know this until I read... I guess the IMDb trivia mm-hmm. that the the university also I love a university slasher yeah campus horror is good stuff yep um, has like a Latin motto mm-hmm. and that the Latin if you translate the Latin it's the best friend did it oh really I that's, don't know if this is that's if, pretty cool if anybody who knows Latin can verify this it's on the IMDb trivia that doesn't okay. make it true no but if that is true it might be my favorite thing about this movie yeah yeah. My favorite thing is the talking killer scene with Rebecca Gayhart. <laughs> also, <laughs> the fact that she says, let me tell you about my favorite UL is so funny at that point. It's so funny. And then when she's, uh, she's like, I don't know. I don't know if she's like, knows that Jared Leto at that point is like trying to deceive her or not. But she's just like, we could be so fucking hot together. I'm just like, this is hilarious. That is yeah. kind of funny. And yeah. that it's like over a boy. Yeah. I kind of like yeah. uh, as being motivation. Also from the IMDb trivia, and then I'll mm-hmm. drop IMDb trivia. Yeah. Um, Tosh was conceived as a much more prickly character in an earlier draft of the screenplay. Which one was Tosh? Daniel Harris. Oh, okay. 
try to fucking fathom a more prickly version of the Daniel Harris character whose only function in this movie is to smoke and be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, like any word glance creak of a doorknob that Alicia Witt gives to Daniel Harris in the movie is objectionable. Yes, it's, she hates everything amazing. and everyone. It's amazing. Oh, she loves her goth for goth web- website. Gothic. And she uh, she's looking for gothic men. She wants lithium. <laughs> Please. Just, is there still a stigma around taking lithium? I don't know. I take lithium. I don't so. take lithium. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I don't know. Me and Tosh. Did you get it That's from That's why Goth I sent you the Tosh gif when I was talking about Daniel Harris in <laughs> Urban Legend. That makes more sense. <laughs> I had to search for a Tosh gif. Ooh, sorry. Uh, Tosh.0. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because Goth Daniel Harris in this movie was working for me. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody looks great in this movie. Everybody's great looking in this movie. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about not people's looks but like no, i, I want to talk about well, i'm not accusing you of that but like <laughs> let's talk about taylor swift and how i want her just to eat me like a t-rex um so i back in the day and i still don't know how i feel about it i wasn't a big fan of alicia witt okay i feel like she's kind of Uh, I don't know what the right way of saying this is. It's like, not that she's acting above it, but it's just like she doesn't seem like she's having fun. I agree with that. And the way I read it was I was like, oh, she's an interesting final girl because she seems very um, composed and intelligent. Mm. As opposed to somebody like Sydney, who's like Mm. instinctual and physical. Yeah. Um, I felt like Alicia Witt was kind of a cerebral final girl in an interesting way, but I 100% see what you're saying because a a lot of the cast seems to be having fun Yeah, and she maybe isn't as much. Yeah. And she's playing a character whose backstory that we learn later is, you know, weighing on her mind and Mm -hmm. we maybe don't know that at the beginning and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just like, it seems like I can't decide where the line is between the character is this way and like she's just kind of more stiff than yeah i want her to be as a performer in the pulpy urban legend movie i would make a case overall that almost nobody and i like urban legend so let me say that i i I put on twitter kind of a joke but it was true yeah that like when i saw it in 98 i was like that was fine and now I look at it and I'm like, this is a four-star masterpiece. It was exactly what David Sims was talking about yeah. on Blank Check recently. Because um, it's just like it's competently made and all it's, the actors are good and yeah. it's shot on film and it looks great. And there's yeah. all this shit and you're just like, Christopher man, Young score. anything like, from yeah. the 90s is all of a sudden a four-star fucking banger. Yeah. I don't think anyone is really playing a character outside of like – irritating obnoxious asshole which isn't to say that everybody's an irritating obnoxious asshole Mm -hmm. i just think that joshua jackson Mm -hmm. and michael rosenbaum come closest to creating characters and their characters are irritating obnoxious asshole yeah i mean they're two frat guys who are basically interchangeable a hundred percent yeah and everybody else is kind of a shade of vanilla rebecca gayhart until Mm -hmm. the reveal is best friend yeah tara reed i guess we're supposed to believe is like sexual because she hosts a sexy radio show but she also kind of is like 
moralizing one of the callers (laughs) about it yes it's weird i don't know i kind of i want her to be like to have like one episode and she's just like come back after the break and i'll tell you which chicago cub i fucked (laughs) and then it's like henry Garner. (laughs) i knew exactly where that was going she's like he was older then but like (laughs) i totally fucked a relief pitcher his brother casey affleck taught him how to do it yeah Yeah. Um, it's And this goes to a larger thesis I have, which mm-hmm. I'm jumping ahead and I don't want to get there yet. Yeah. That Urban Legends Final Cut is the superior movie. I'm not there. Okay. <laughs> I, wa- I watched Urban Legends Final Cut for the first time okay. this month. Yeah. I liked it maybe 75% as much as I liked Urban Legends. Sure. That's probably more than I liked it when I saw it in 2000. Okay. Yeah. I think my hang up with it is just that. It is so in broad strokes about film school. <laughs> you think <laughs> the Hitchcock? Uh, they. <laughs> we got to think of a, an award name that everybody will know. How about the Cecil B. DeMille? No, that already exists. Yeah. How about the Orson Welles? Nobody knows who the fuck that is. Yeah. Oh, all right. How about the Hitchcock? Perfect. Yeah. Uh, you win the Hitchcock, you immediately get a three picture deal. <laughs> right. um, you get fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, that, that was something that didn't get. make any sense to me. It's just like you get fifteen thousand dollars and fast tracked in Hollywood. <laughs> I was just like, what? But the thing that bothered me was in this universe of film school it's funny because the one guy's just like you stole my genre i'm just like it's the only genre (laughs) nobody's ever made a movie that's not a horror movie and nobody's ever made a horror movie that's not on a haunted house set (laughs) (laughs) um i think urban legends final cut has better drawn characters than urban Legends. yeah they're super broad strokes yeah but that's all i'm looking for yeah i agree with you I like how pro-union Urban Legend is, and by that I mean they hang out in the student union a lot. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I, you, no, it's gone. Okay. <laughs> My favorite kind of campus horror is one that's very pro-union. <laughs> Wait, for real, what the fuck was I going to say? It, it was back... Oh, the movie greatly overestimates mm-hmm. the star power of Natasha Gregson Wagner, <laughs> an actor I like. What was she known for at that point? Was Very it, little. Was it two girls and a guy? Mm, and that was like 98, so that was the same year. Lost, she was in Lost Highway, but it wasn't like a standout no. character. No. She was in that fucking Larry Clark movie, Another Day in Paradise. I mean, oh, she had okay. done like kind of art movies. Yeah. So it's just weird that they make her the Drew Barrymore proxy. And there's, again, a, a quote from the IMDb trivia about how she took the character because it was like somebody she could really like sink her teeth into. I'm like, you listen to a song on the radio and get your head chopped off. What the fuck are you talking about? I like the sequence. Yeah. I like the use of Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah. I like Brad Dourif showing up. Yeah. I like the way that it's all put together where we're scared of him. Now, you know, you can't watch it the way you watched it the first time where you're convinced he's going to kill her. Because yeah. now the whole time we know that he's actually trying to save her. Um, it, it's a good opening sequence for a yeah. movie based around urban legends. I just think if they're trying to do the scream thing, they maybe needed to cast somebody of greater consequence than Natasha Gregson Wagner. Or She's would that fine. be just giving it away probably, too much? Probably, but it's so clear that that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, they're not being shy about it. So I have a few thoughts about this sequence. So right. first is I thought 
Is this movie better if Natasha Gregson Wagner and Alicia Witt switch places? Maybe. Because I I don't know. I just feel that, anyways, I've already expressed my opinion. <laughs> um, and then uh, this also, this setup is so good that it also worked in another movie called Nightmares, a horror anthology, which is basically the same thing. Woman goes out for cigarettes. Yes. Marlboros. Marlboro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, remember what cigarettes. Yeah, I'm just yeah. making a callback. But um, it's, just, it's just good. It's just like good horror fodder. Yes, I love that. Yeah. That might be the best segment in Nightmares. Uh, what, I like Bishop of Lance, Battle. No. <laughs> Bishop of Battle is fun. I like the rat at the end. The Lance oh, Henriksen yeah. one. Okay. I rewatched Nightmares. I like haven't seen it since that Less massacre. than a year ago, and okay. it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Again, I like anthologies, so I'll watch pretty it much any anthology. F this movie fest week because it was in '83. Got it. Yeah. I haven't seen it since the massacre that you were talking about earlier, yeah. where they showed it, and that was maybe my first time seeing it. Yeah. So. That was my first time seeing it. Yeah. There. Bishop of Battle fucking rips. <laughs> um, I'm not there. No. Okay. Uh, Young yeah. Guns coming out in 4K though. Just little advertisement i've never seen the whole thing of young guns and i've never seen young guns 2 i feel like you would like them both i should young guns 2 is especially good okay all right i'm into it yeah i'm into it um yeah i don't know i i also it's such a no-brainer to have that be the kickoff urban legend yes but it's so good yes that i wished I'm not saying switch it, but the kidney heist thing has never been an urban legend I find interesting. No. And like having that be the climactic one feels kind of like a downer a little bit to me. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really matter all that much in the grand scheme of it because it's just the talking killer scene and they don't really like dive into it. But I guess maybe one criticism, because this time when I watched it, I liked it a little bit less than the last time. Oh, okay. I still like it a lot. Yeah. But it the second half or the second act kind of sagged for me a bit and some of the urban legends just kind of are thrown around like afterthoughts where they're uh, not really like think? sequences <laughs> what so, about that urban legend about the girl who gets killed with an axe oh good one <laughs> that's tara reed it's yeah. like you really need to commit to this premise yeah. or not and they kind of halfway do it but it's just like the there's the whole like when a stranger calls one but it's just like i feel like the way that they play that out with the dog is just not that good either um and then the The thing with like bleach whatever the pop rocks and bleach is like i don't know i wish it paid off more and then like the thing with like joshua jackson in the tree it's just like it just feels like a slasher kill more than it's like tied to an urban legend it's like you have to get like explained later that it's just like this is what the urban legend kind of was right so i don't know i I like the idea of using urban legend mm-hmm. as, you know, the center, the, what what you build the centerpieces around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want it to be like, this is the one with this. <laughs> and this is how, like, right. I don't want it to be like an anthology, basically, of like right. urban legends, like the ABCs of death are like for the letters. But I don't know. I just feel like the first one is so like well composed just constructed that w- I wish some of the other ones were a little bit better. Yeah. The, the Joshua Jackson one is the only other one that feels kind of set PC in yeah. a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other ones are kind of tossed away, Yeah, you know, um, at a certain point I get that they can't, 
necessarily keep up with it because once all the characters know exactly what's going on, it becomes harder to sort of kill them in that way. Yeah, I can see that. And so they kind of have to toss the idea away and just mm-hmm. chop people up with an axe. Uh, good killer design, by the way. I really like the parka with the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do think, and I've made this joke before, or it's not even a joke. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's an observation about killer clowns from outer space is the fucking template mm. where they're like, we're going to make a movie about killer clowns from outer space. Let's sit down and write out every single clown based gag we can think of. Mm. And then they put all of those in a movie. There's a movie came out a couple of years ago that dread central put out called lasso maybe. And it's about like a rodeo killer. Okay. They do the same thing. They sit down. What's every rodeo gag we can come up with. Nice. They stick every single one in the movie. I do think they should have done that with Urban Legends. Mm-hmm. Like, what's every Urban Legend we can come up with? Yeah. Jam them all in the movie. And not have to have the characters always explain, oh, it's this Urban Legend. It's this. I think they're so afraid that certain Urban Legends haven't made their way to every facet of the audience. So mm-hmm. they have to have the characters explain them. And that first one is the most well-known one. Yeah. Um, so we're along for the ride. And when he says there's somebody in the back seat, we're like, Oh yeah, that's this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could have trusted the audience a little more to just keep up. I, this is a minor gripe, but I don't like, is when... this a gripe about Steve minor? No. Okay. I'll get to those. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> you're on knuckles. my list. Steve minor. Correct. Knuckles. <laughs> um, no, the, so just like the characters in Scream are hyper-literate about horror movies, um, the characters in this one are very well-versed in urban legends. Because they're taking Robert England's folklore class. We'll get to that. <laughs> but I don't like in movies when characters will say something with like a sense of like, oh yeah, everybody does this. Sure, sure, sure. And like it's with Tara Reed being like, my mother still checks the back seat every time because of this fucking urban legend. I'm just like, that's even in the I know it's fiction, but this is bullshit. <laughs> like, it's not true. That was a long way to get there, but I just don't like that line. This I'm just like you're a little liar. You're a little performative she's a liar. Pretty little liar. You're a, <laughs> you're a performative liar. <laughs> Uh, Big Lebowski is one year before this. Same year. Same year. Yeah. So this is Tara Reid's introduction to the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then American Pie the next year. But yeah, this is the movie that puts Tara Reid on my radar. Yeah. And she's fine. Doing... She is fine. She, she seems to get worse as time. <laughs> she's like Benjamin Buttoning, where like as the years go on, yeah. she becomes a worse actor. Yeah. The the character she's playing is supposed to be a little obnoxious, and I think yeah. she does the part just fine. Absolutely. It's no American Pie Tara Reid. That's probably the best Tara Reid. Or Josie and the Pussycats. She's pretty funny in that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm all about Cook. <laughs> no, I please. Yeah. I'm all about Dawson. Tara Reid is number three on my list in Josie and the Pussycats. But... Rosario Dawson took that Josie and the Pussycats money and bought a haunted mansion on Zillow. <laughs> and she's going to light a vanilla candle, and it's going to be a game changer. From Bath and Body Works? They didn't say where it was from. Which How is, can they say like where all this stuff is from but not the candle? Yeah, I don't know. Damn um, it. Damn it. Yeah. Um... So, I want before we move completely off of that opening urban legend. Yeah. So I have a question for you. This is just like a, a, a Patrick out in the wilderness question. Good boy. 
How how close to empty do you let the gas tank get before you fill up with gas? Because obviously the trope in movies is just like, I'm on empty, pulls right. over. I never go below like an eighth. I don't know. Um, I don't. I rarely have ever had my fuel light go on. No. But I would never keep driving at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm. I get. I mean, I don't like my phone battery to drop below seventy. Yeah. Like I, I fill up pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. The only time I ever had a car go empty. Yeah. I just pulled over to the side of the road and then I just picked it up and flipped it over and then I got a new car. Okay. Because <laughs> I was just like, I fucked this one up. <laughs> Luckily, I was close to home so I could walk. <laughs> I uh, had a similar thing happen. Yeah. I called Lou Ferrigno. He threw it into space. <laughs> <laughs> what was that movie? Hercules. Hercules. Yeah. Good movie. <laughs> um. When we were talking about different kinds of urban legends, I felt shortchanged at the time that Bloody Mary was done as a joke. Okay. Because I like that Bloody Mary urban legend a sure. lot. Sure. And I wanted that to be like done, its, have its justice be done. Is that Urban Legends 3? It is. I okay. was just about to ask, have you seen Urban Legends 3? I, I haven't either. It. I saw both Maras are in it. Interesting. Kate Mara's the lead, and then I think Irby, Ur- Ur- I almost said Irby instead of Rooney. Irby Mara. Irby Mara. She's the third sister. <laughs> she doesn't talk. She just honks a horn. Rooney Mara. Um, it's like she's just like a stand-in type of thing. Oh, but they, okay. they list her like last on the Wikipedia thing. Got for it. it. So yeah, Irby. I wanted you to say she's the Natasha Gregson Wagner of that movie, <laughs> which I'm going to start yeah. using instead of Drew Barrymore. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you watch. You should go to Marcus Addison when they play Scream, and you're just like, yeah. she's the Natasha Gregson Wagner. <laughs> um, do you like? Jamie Blanks's other movie, Valentine. Yeah, he's made I, other ones, but those are the two most yeah. prominent. Yeah. I think it's okay. I yeah. want to like it more than I do. I bet if I rewatched it, I would have kind of a a um, an urban legend bump, which is just mm. I like Jamie Blanks as a human. He's he just seems a, really cool. He's a big horror fan. Yeah. He like gets excited to do bonus features for Scream Factory discs, mm. and like he's just he's one of us. Um. His bookshelf is full of books that I own because he was interviewed recently in a documentary we just watched. I don't remember which one. doesn't matter. Um, oh, it was the Texas Chainsaw one that Heather's in. Okay. Um, so I think Valentine is another movie with like a good cast. It's very slick. Yeah. Has a good killer design. Mm-hmm. Um, kills are okay to decent. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm at the point of, I like it. Okay. When I saw it in theaters, I was like, I felt let down by it because I needed every horror movie to yeah. be great Yeah. because I felt like there were not enough of them. And now I've either seen enough horror movies in my lifetime, or I just have nostalgia for the ones that are competent because I watch so much VOD shit mm-hmm. uh, that I'm like, yeah, I'm pro Valentine. Yeah. I only saw it the one time, but the only thing I remember, and I know this isn't what the movie actually is, is that it was like 95 minutes of David Boreanaz walking through pink smoke. That sounds right. Yeah. With the nosebleed. That's it. <laughs> I'm like, that's the entire movie. Uh, but yeah, David Heigl in that, the hell Heigl out of this movie. in that movie is the, is the Natasha Gregson Wagner, right? 
Who's, is Shelton the lead? Shelton's the okay, lead. Okay, right, yeah, then I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he does direct the hell out of it. Yeah. He, Have you watched or listened to any of Michael Rosenblum's <laughs> podcast? I listened to one episode. Yeah. Because he interviewed the stars of Psych, and it was like years after Psych had gone off the air, and mm-hmm. I like needed a Psych fix. Mm-hmm. So I listened because uh, James Rode Rodriguez is also a big horror guy. Yeah. Uh, and so I wanted to hear him talk about some stuff. He seems like an okay guy. Yeah. Rosenbaum. This was the first time I'd seen Urban Legend since I'd watched a couple episodes of his podcast show. And it made me... Is it like a video podcast? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it, I saw one that he did with, like, Andrew McCarthy, and I saw one that he did with... Oh, God, who was it? I don't remember. I'll Does rem- he just live off of Smallville money now? Maybe. Because I don't see him in stuff, really. Yeah, it sounds like he's in stuff every once in a while. But, like, every the thing that's good about that show is, like, he'll throw in just, like, random anecdotes where... He, He's like, yeah, I was on like this Clint Eastwood movie, like Midnight in the Garden of Good. Yeah, and that Evil. was like his first movie. And then like Robert Patrick was there, and he was like, I was on Flags of Our Fathers. And then they just talk about like being directed by Clint, and it's pretty interesting. But my point is, it made him more likable than the so obnoxious I want him off the screen character yeah, yeah, yeah. performance that I thought he was in 1998. By the way. <sighs> In 1998, this was one of those movies that I wanted to see in a theater. I got carded, was not allowed to see it. Bro. And then I was just like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to buy tickets to Rush Hour, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're going to go in there, and we're going to sit in there for like 10 minutes, and then we're going to pretend to like get up and go to the bathroom, and then just we'll all individually Whoops. like find our way into right. Urban Legend. And in the theater at Rush Hour was my rabbi. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And then for some reason, I was like, guys, you go see Urban Legend. Because I can't. Be dishonest in front of your rabbi? Yeah. And he would have never known. Right? It's not like I talked to him. But right? for some reason, when I saw like that my rabbi was there, it yeah. was like Judaism came down and was just like, you're not thinking of theater hopping, are you, Adam? Oh, I'm just like, no. I'm sorry, Judaism. Oh, no. my gosh. I'll sit and watch this real PG-13. or keeping the faith moment. Yeah. So I watched Rush Hour by myself while my friends went to go watch Urban Legend. Wow. And then we met up afterwards and they were just like, you're weird. And I was just like, <laughs> I know. Did they say it was great? They said it was okay. Okay. See, and that's then good. I saw it later and I thought it was okay. Also. Yeah, right. Yeah. Sometimes I think in that situation friends have a tendency to embellish Mm -hmm. just to make the other person feel left out i could see that it's not even necessarily a conscious thing yeah it's just more of like oh man you don't know what you missed Mm -hmm. uh but that would have been dishonest and i'm glad that they said like no it's okay (laughs) because in the life of one upsmanship information is power i get it (laughs) yeah um Speaking of which, in the Eras tour, there's a thing where like they they introduce like a new set or a new act, and it's like the Reputation album, and a giant snake, like this giant like LCD snake comes out, and it's impressive like in the movie, and just I was like, man, how cool would that have been like in the audience because it's like this giant fucking 40x snake that just comes out like throughout the entire. Uh, wow. standing room area. I don't know. Anyways. Um, I just thought of something because we were talking about Michael Rosenbaum. If you want to continue to like him, mm-hmm. you should probably never see the movie he wrote and directed called Back in the Day. Okay. I'll it keep that up. did mind. not make me like him more. 
it's a bad comedy about a guy going back to like his high school reunion. Is it a what love is situation? Is it a real Mars Callahan type of thing? Uh, Mars Callahan, a little more interesting, I think, than... Well, we knew that. <laughs> Nobody's more interesting than Mars Callahan. You hear me, Jared Leto? Nobody's more interesting than Mars Callahan. Leto, you know, again, like, you joked about his, like, cosplay as a normal guy. Method acting as a normal person. <laughs> um, he's kind of completely uninteresting in this movie. See, I think he's kind of as likable as he's ever been. Well, I didn't say unlikable i thought he was uninteresting <laughs> i think he's like playing the stereotype okay of kind of you know social climber journalist guy whatever that stereotype is you know the stereotype of a journalism student i've seen him all the time there's a light flashing in that corner over there for scary movie month but now it went out nice yeah i like it it was kind of uh, like lightning in here so like, don't you fucking talk about journalism <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I like, I like him well enough. I think his character is better defined than most of the others of okay. the ensemble. Okay. He has more screen time than most of them. True. He's top build, which I thought was interesting. I mean, I guess he was, he was kind of the biggest, the star, biggest star. Yeah. But I mean, it's a pretty stacked cast. I feel like. Well, Alicia Witt was on what at the time? Wasn't she on like. She had done Sybil, I think. Sybil. That's yeah. what it was. Okay. And then. Gayhart was on 90210. Yeah. Rosenbaum hadn't, a, hadn't done Smallville he yet. He hadn't done Smallville. So Joshua Jackson was Dawson's was Creek. Dawson's Creek because they got that amazing Dawson's Creek joke. Yeah. So good. So good. He doesn't like that song. Get it, guys? Get He's it, guys? more than just Pacey. Yeah. He knows that you think that show's lame. So UL is him being <laughs> like, I'm one of you. I get it. He has aged into a much more interesting actor. I haven't seen much of his stuff on like The Affair. Well, or that's the thing. It's like shows that yeah. Erica has watched, okay. but it's like yeah. The Affair and Fatal Attraction, and mm-hmm. like he is he's become kind of an interesting screen presence. And I didn't totally think he was around this time. Mm-hmm. I thought he was kind of who he plays in. And, and I didn't yeah. really watch Dawson's Creek, so I don't know much about Pacey. I didn't have any baggage with him from Mighty Ducks. Mm. So I kind of know him from like this and Cruel Intentions and his one scene in Scream 2. And like, yeah. I watched Dawson's Creek for, I don't know, probably half of the series. And uh, yeah, he around this time was doing a lot of like George Clooney-ish man- mannerisms. Yeah, yeah. It's like he figured out that if he pats his hair down, he's a little he looks a little like Clooney. <laughs> so it's a lot of like, it's like when Steven Spielberg coached Clooney out of like bobblehead performances, Joshua Jackson's just like, are you going to use these bobbleheads? <laughs> so I don't know. But um, uh, yeah. The, rank these 98 Dawson's Creek moments. Horror. <laughs> Dawson's Creek actor horror movies. Okay. Urban Legend. Yeah. Disturbing Behavior. Yeah. Halloween H2O. Vanderbeek didn't make one. Ooh, a real FMK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, let's do that. We don't have to rank them. Okay. Um, let's see. I will marry H2O. Interesting. I will F Urban Legend okay. kill Disturbing Behavior, although I like all three of them. Yeah, I think I do, too. It's been a number of years since I watched all 80 minutes of Disturbing Behavior. It might even be yeah. less than 80 minutes, actually. Yeah, I think it's like 78 or Because they cut like 40 minutes out of that movie. They did. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 
Robert England's. <laughs> How many credits do you think is his class? <laughs> is that the only class at that university? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> if you are a Patreon subscriber, thank you. Yeah. And you may or may not know that recently on Patreon, Adam and I recorded and released an episode on Strangeland, mm-hmm. which Robert England appears in, and we did a little goofing on Robert England. I feel like in this movie, he's just playing <laughs> Robert England. Yeah. Like, our goof was how he makes all these ridiculous allusions to justify his performance in Bats 3 or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this movie, he's kind of doing the same thing about his folklore class. The axe he uses as a prop in his folklore <laughs> class. Yeah. he. Uh, well, I mean, it makes sense that he's doing like a demonstration with the Pop Rocks and the Pepsi and stuff. But I, I could never figure out, like, they cut the scene at the, like, you know, Pacey. Right. Chugs the Pop Rocks, t- right. takes a gulp of the Pepsi, starts yeah. pretending to convulse. Label out Pepsi. Starts spitting up yeah. and stuff. And then the last we see him, he's on the ground and he's got like Pop Rocks Pepsi spit all yeah. over his face, like yeah. up to almost his eye. Yeah. Do I'm not assuming that people just carry towels or paper towels with them to lecture halls. Yeah. So did he just go the rest of the class with spit on his face? Interesting. Or did... Like, I want to see the extended cut of that scene where he just gets up and everybody's just like, huh? Yeah. And then he's just like, wasn't that cool? And then it's like awkward for the rest of the class. And then like he leaves and then he has to wipe his face off and he's just like, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) Did you ever, I feel like a lot of um, movies about college don't remember college at all. And Mm -hmm. Admittedly, where I teach is a community college, so I can't compare it to a university like the one in Urban Legend. Yeah. Pendleton. Pendleton U. P-U. Named after Uh, Atlanta Braves great Terry Pendleton. I I will. I assumed it was named after Austin Austin Pendleton. Pendleton. Yeah. Um, Who played the judge in Trial and Error, I believe? Yeah, sounds right. Underrated movie. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, are you guys in the urban legend? <laughs> um, I just, these big lecture hall classes where the professor knows everyone's name. Yeah. And always calls them Mr. or Miss. Yeah. And then their last name. Like, I'm sorry, that doesn't exist. I have a class of no. 30 and I don't know their names. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I had some classes where it was lecture hall and then lab Mm -hmm. and like the lecture hall was always where it was like 200 300 people oh my god but it was like accounting it wasn't like or like trig it wasn't like urban legend folklore that would be like an elective (laughs) with like there'd be 25 people people in there yeah exactly um and there'd be like yeah so i don't know and like they definitely didn't know your name (laughs) at all the ta maybe knew your name right but that's only if they thought you were hot and that's it (laughs) so And the TA taught the lab usually, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it worked when I was getting my master's. Like I would teach the lab and I would be in the lecture Mm -hmm. hall uh, with the however 100 students or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite story about you teaching a lab was how you would stick it to the students a bit and you would just be like, you fought the lab and the lab won. And you hand them their Ds. Oh, man. Yeah. I was always like, I win. You reveled in it. <laughs> I loved it when yeah, they. That's how we met. Up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 
identified so much with Joshua Jackson and Urban Legend because I did I didn't have bleached blonde hair. Missed opportunity. But in college, I did have a fateful week where I frosted my tips. Interesting. And I had spiky hair in the front. Kind of like Matt Davis in Urban Legends Final Cut. Now, which Matt Davis? Because there are two. Second Matt Davis. Okay. Yeah. They're both brooding. They are both brooding. Yeah. um, One's a very talented filmmaker. Yeah, very, very, very talented. (laughs) Talented enough where Hard Bachner steals his movie. Who, Hart Bachner has, like, directed multiple movies. Did you know this? I know that he did, but I don't remember what movies he directed. Just this week, I was looking at something, maybe at Half Price Books, yeah. and I turned it over, and I was like, fucking Hart Bachner directed <laughs> this? Hold on. Okay. I'm finding it. All right. Take me to his directorial credits. Well, oh, PCU. I like PCU. It's fine. Yeah. But, like, I had no idea that Hart Bachner directed it. No, it doesn't scream Hart Bachner. There's a double feature at Half Price Books of PCU and Airheads for nine ninety five mm-hmm. that I considered buying. You should because, but I already own Airheads. Okay, but PCU's out of print, so I was like, well, yeah, I could have. You gotta do it. Well, now I fucked up. But he also directed High School High. Hart Not Bachner, as good, but it has some funny moments. King in of it. the nineties comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine Hart Bachner talking to Jeremy Piven? <laughs> He's like, Piven, <laughs> Bubby, I invented this character. <laughs> oh, man. Just biggest sleaze balls just yes. sliming all over each other. Um, yes. What do you think of Loretta Devine's character that crosses over between Urban Legend and Urban Legend's it's, final cut? It's nothing against Loretta Devine. No. I just don't love the character. I th- and if they're going to carry one person over to the next movie, that I think I'm is funny. Like, uh. That I think is kind of funny. Um, I will say though, I go back and forth almost on every viewing of Urban Legend of if her character in that comedy style fits with the rest of the movie or it doesn't, right? And most of the time, I just am kind of like, well, it doesn't fit, but it's still kind of amusing. Yeah. And that's sort of where I landed this time, where, like, I don't feel like... It's just weird for kind of like a scary movie character to show up in screen. (laughs) Like, that's kind of what is happening, so... It's... I think the character and the performance actually fit a little bit better in Final Cut. Yeah, I could see that. Because I do feel like the movie's a little more cartoonish mm-hmm. uh, than the original Urban Legends, which is like kind of serious, for lack of a better word. I mean, yeah. there's definitely like quote unquote comic relief, like that hilarious scene where Joshua Jackson pretends to swallow the Pop Rocks and the Pepsi. He's a card. He's a, he's a true card. Such a card. Yeah. Uh, right before uh, he attempts to date rape Alicia Witt and then uh, dies. Yeah. That's how all date rapists should meet their end. <laughs> I agree. They should meet their end by die. <laughs> I didn't really think that one out. Um, anyways, but, but the sentiment was there. Um, so. Yeah. One thing. So you you wanted to talk about, you know in terms of lecture sizes. Yes. If this is a good representation of college. <laughs> yeah. I will answer with two sources of evidence. All right. I'm back on my Austin Pendleton lawyer. Kid. Okay, good. <laughs> um, 
two bits of evidence that show that this is not a good representation of college. Okay. One. Yeah. I wasn't in college in 1998, but I do not believe that they would play Zoot Zoot Riot at a frat party. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that people would throw back a bottle of beer. It, uh, for sure. But I... Cherry Pop and Daddies are too refined and perfect oh, and solid. I just feel I'm like just they, were, they, were, they were two <laughs> years fine. out of date by 98. Right? Yeah, they, yeah, they were more like 96, yeah. I would think. Well, that um, was swingers, right? I mean, that was the height, and yeah. it was over by 97. And maybe I was just in like a weird, silly, slap-happy mood because I this was like the fourth movie I watched that day. But I laughed so hard in my apartment by myself when – Rebecca Gayhart says to Alicia Witt, she's like, I'm going to go get us some beers. Yeah. And this is the scene where, like, she catches Jared Leto and Alicia Witt kissing. Yeah. And the beer she hands Alicia Witt is in a giant beer mug, like yes. a frosted beer yeah. mug. I'm like, there has never been a giant beer mug passed around at a frat party. It's all red cups. No, every it's all red party cups or a is can. nothing but frosty mugs. Yeah, <laughs> handed out by guys with big handlebar mustaches and like, red and white aprons. I could just yeah, I could just see the cook being like, "How many frosty <laughs> mugs did you use last night?" He's like, "I gotta wash all these. You guys are assholes. You ever heard of red cups? What are you doing?" They're like playing beer pong in like frosty yes! mug cups. They're like, I keep hitting the handle. You know what? Avoid this. We have red cups. The problem is when you put your frosty mug down and then you forget which one is yours and you're like, now I got to go get a new frosty mug. And they're yeah. like, oh my God, that's three frosty mugs for one person. How many am I expected to wash here? This reminds me of two things. Can I tell you about two times that my one of my crazy ex-girlfriends got real mad at me for no reason? Of course. Well, she had reasons, but they were like, <laughs> there were reasons where like, the amount that the person was mad at me didn't measure up with what I did. Okay. That so, makes sense. So one was um, we were watching the final episodes of final episode of Dawson's Creek. Okay. And I hadn't seen the show in a while. So Got I it. was just like, wait a minute, Pacey's now with Joey? And that's how the show ends? And then she's just like, yeah, I'm really mad about it. And I'm just like, I think they actually kind of make a cuter couple than Vanderbeek and, and, and uh, Katie Holmes. And yeah. she was just like what the f- what and she got like so mad at me that's insane she that didn't have one. any good reason to be mad at you for that and then another reason was because <clears throat> she used to always like to drink soda out of a frosty mug oh, and she would always have a mug in the freezer okay and it was like her mug that she bought at like disney world okay so it wasn't even like a hardcore beer mug it was like right. a disney world beer mug <laughs> and then one time i dropped it oh and the handle shit. broke and she was just like you, you know, owe I, me a frosty mug. She's just, and I'm like, I'll get you another one. And she's just like, not from Disney World. And I was just like, don't you love me? Like, aren't you supposed to forgive this stuff? Aren't we on the same team? Or is this material item more important than my love for you and yours for my, for me, yours for mine? And she's just like, no, yours for my frosty mug. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie is bringing back bad memories. <laughs> It makes me miss A and W because they used to give you yeah. root beer in a frosty mug. Mm-hmm. Didn't they used to have outside of the mall like the giant um, barrel, like the wood barrel? Oh, probably. And I always wanted the beer to come out of the root yeah. beer to come out of it. Yeah. And it didn't. No. Yeah. no, no, sorry, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Um. Oh, we didn't really. Well. It's good radio. 
<laughs> oh, okay. So she, so Rebecca Gayhart does her talking killer bit. Yes. She's got a lot of killer lines. Right. Double meaning. <laughs> um, and then she goes away to an institution. Correct. Presumably to get out at the same time as Carlton Hendricks on the same day. <laughs> and then... Somehow she's, winds up back in the institution. She's so well reformed <laughs> that they're like, you're hired. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. She works there. <laughs> yes, she does. Yeah, she's like... Unless she's so crazy that she's just play acting as a nurse. Or does she ever go there, though? Maybe she just, like, falls into the drink, gets out of the water, goes to a different college, a new union, new kids are into oh, urban Oh, she does legends. do that. That's right. She does do that. So she you're never right. gets, like, she arrested or yeah, taken away. You're absolutely And then right. her postgraduate job is to work in yeah. the, the, the loony bin with Hart Bachner. Yeah. Yeah. Good cameo. Great cameo. <laughs> and then they play like the Alfred Hitchcock Presents theme. Yeah, and I'm do. just like, why does this movie so confident that Alfred it's Hitchcock is just like, better. I love this <laughs> shit. It's better just for the Eva Mendes of it all. Yeah. Which was one of my true, like, holy shit, who is that moments in yeah. a movie. That was me with Anson Mount. <laughs> He's um, good in it, too. Anson Mount and Jennifer Morrison both grew up around here. Yeah? Yeah. I'm happy for Anson Mount. that uh, a Star Trek? Yeah, he's okay. like the captain of a starship on a very popular Star Trek show now. Yeah. Because I feel like for years, they just kept telling us he was a thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. I don't... Just because his name is Anson Mount doesn't mean that, like... I automatically accept him mm-hmm. as a serious actor, but he's doing great now, so that I'm happy for him. I saw him in Crossroads, and then for like a week, all I could do was write his name in bubble letters, and <laughs> I wrote like... I still haven't seen Crossroads. And I have a tattoo that says like, it's down my side, and it says Anson Mount on one side, and then on the other side, it says Scream and Shout. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. My introduction to him might have been the Battle of Shaker Heights. Okay, I just rewatched that this year. It's not great. No, it's not very good. <laughs> Amy Smart, um, though. Amy Smart. Um, and he was in The Forger with Johnny T. Which I've seen. Yeah. I think. He was like the main bad guy. God. I don't. I he kind dies. of remember there being a bad guy. In he has movie. a good death. They don't show the death. Is that death. the one where his son is sick? Yeah. Okay. He doesn't. They don't show his death, but his death is like... He's always they see you sh- they show him like bench pressing a lot. Okay, and his death is that somebody like dropped the weight like on his neck. Oh, jeez, yeah, that's like an urban legends final cut style kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, final crunch. <laughs> um, the kills in Final Cut might be worse than the kills in Urban Legend. I will fully mm-hmm. concede this point because like two people get electrocuted in immediate succession, one person gets hung. Um. The only really memorable kill is the Jacinda Barrett because she's the Natasha Gregson Wagner. They do the kidney thing again, mm. and the window comes down on her and cuts her head off. No, oh, yeah, yeah, that's sort of atypical of the other deaths in both movies. Yes, because yeah, it's these aren't memorable like, and sort of Giallo inspired. Yeah, it's interesting because like if these movies were made just a decade earlier, they would be like gore showcases. Yes, and in this, it's just because of I guess because like even in Scream, it's just sort of like. It's like, I poke you, you bleed now. <laughs> According to the IMDb trivia, uh, Jamie Blanks was not interested in making it very gory. Okay. He wanted to, he was making a classy slasher. A clasher. It, it's funny because this clasher, 
does feel more in line with like those 80s slasher movies yes. i think than like the post scream yeah boom. you have it definitely like the... feels like a throwback which i couldn't see the forest for the trees at the time because i was just like scream exactly yeah mm-hmm. but uh time has been good to this movie i think mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right all right so the newspaper ad oh yeah here we go one quote it's a good one okay it is a heart pounding edge of your seat treat hmm i disagree with most of that (laughs) yeah i don't i was never on the edge of my seat i'll call it a treat it is a treat yeah but the rest of it no i think my heart pounded more just because of bad health (laughs) um okay so, do you want to do some better and, or worse? Uh, and Jared Leto. Oh, yeah. My heart pounded. Wait, yeah. the light just flickered again. Yes. Oh, it's Morse code. It says Dallas Buyers Club? What is that? Does that mean anything to you? Is it just telling us which movies to watch now? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's like, it would be great if you like stole Dallas Buyers Club club from the library or something. I'm, like you I'm rented, planning on like it. Like you rented it. Heist. Like you rented it, you stole it, and then yeah. you brought it back empty and then they're just like, hey, um could you bring back the disc? And you're just like, I did. I and love then this. This is your way to like steal Dallas Buyers Club. Yes. And like the light knows. <laughs> oh, and it's like my is, telltale heart. It is, yeah. This brings up so many interesting things because one, I'm already writing this script. It's called Library Heist. I like it. And uh I forgot the second point already. <laughs> I thought of it when you were talking. Oh, I like the idea of gaslighting a library. <laughs> I, I did bring it back. I did that once by accident. Oh, nice. Cause, and it was with a Sarah Barella CD. I and was you just like, like found it later I in found life. it like under the seat of the car. Sure. And then I was just like, well, this is too embarrassing to bring back now. She so was on a very this. funny Peacock show called Girls 5 Eva. Oh, okay. She was like the lead. And she was funny. I liked her music because it sounded like something that should be featured on Gilmore Girls. That makes perfect sense. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I only know like her one hit song. And I'm going to write you a love song. That's the one. And then I know some of her songs yeah. from the Waitress musical. Okay. Uh, was she the Carrie Russell part? In I don't the think she, musical? I think she just wrote the she songs. The songs. I don't think she was in it. Okay. But I don't know that to be true. You're welcome, horror fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anything else we want to say about Cheryl Hines? <laughs> She directed Waitress, right? I no, Adrian Shelley did direct it and then died? Or Cheryl Hines directed it because Adrian Adrian Shelley directed the movie. Okay. Cheryl Hines, I think, starred oh, Cheryl, in the movie. She did. She was like a co-star. Didn't she direct something that Adrian Shelley was supposed to direct? Was it Serious Moonlight? I don't know. Fuck. I'm not sure. Now I have to look it up. Yeah. Serious Moonlight is the Meg Ryan, Timothy Hutton movie, right? Sounds right. And I feel like Cheryl Hines directed that. I just wanted to get to the part of Cheryl Hines where it's like, oh, it's real fucking awkward because she yeah. supports. She's, yeah, she's not. She's not Kennedy. Um, Serious Moonlight, two thousand nine film. Mr. Kennedy. Uh oh. <laughs> Space. Outer. Space. Cheryl Hines, director of Serious Moonlight, written by Adrian Shelley. Okay, so I fucked it up. Waitress, directed by Adrian Shelley. Then she dies. Serious Moonlight, written by Adrian Shelley. But Cheryl Hines picks up the mantle. It's her AI. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Urban legend. Better or worse than these 
1990s teen horror films. Okay, I like this. This is going to be hard, though, because they're all kind of the same. Brain Scan. <laughs> I think Brain Scan has more personality. Urban Legend, I think, is better. I would de- debate the first one. <laughs> well, I think just Trickster gives it some personality. Well, like, Yeah, so th- that's like one of the best performances of the 90s, though. <laughs> T. Ryder Smith is trickster. All right. uh, Look. Who's back? (laughs) Urban Legend or Buffy the Vampire Slayer? The movie? Yeah. Urban Legend. Urban Legend or Cherry Falls? Cherry Falls. Urban Legend or Child's Play 3? Oh, Urban Legend. Child's Play 3 is not good. Urban Legend or The Craft? Interesting. I'm not... The world's biggest craft guy, mm-hmm. but I might say the craft is better. Yeah. Do you know what you call the craft when it's not playing as a double feature? Craft singles. I was going to say a full meal. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say craft singles. But if you said a full meal, I was going to say craft singles. If you didn't know, I was going to say craft singles. It was going to be a whole thing. Oh, my God. I feel like the era's tour is still on me. Everett's. 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 I'm doing, this is like totally Taylor Swift banter. She's like, oh my God, I was going to do this. And then I zagged, and then I zagged, but we were all together. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay. Uh, urban legend or disturbing behavior? Urban legend. Urban legend or the faculty? I've done a kind of a 180 on the faculty and not in a good way. Okay. Um, while the faculty does feature Clea Duvall, I'm going to go urban legend. Josh Hartnett should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor for the Faculty. I'll just say that right You there. mispronounced Sean Hattesey. <laughs> Hattesey. Um, He's a real Anson Mount. Yeah. Urban Legend or Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare? Oh, don't hate me, but Urban Legend. Urban Legend or I Know What You Did Last Summer? <laughs> I mean, they're almost parallel, but Urban Legend is a little better. Urban Legend or I Still Know What You Did Last <laughs> I Need to Revisit It? I'll say Urban Legend. Urban Legend or Idle Hands? I like Idle Hands. If you put both of them in front of me, I'd probably watch Idle Hands. I like Devon Sawa. Yeah. I don't really like Idle Hands. No, I get it. It's kind of like how I felt about Taylor Swift. Maybe I need to just like have eh. the, the Eras tour for Sawa. Eras. Yeah. Uh, maybe. He's just like, now I'm going to perform my scene from Casper. And I'm just like, oh, no. can I keep you? Yeah. I did have a thought during the- He should the, say that in Idle Hands. He should. To his severed hand. He should. He yeah. should say that in The Fanatic. He should say and it And then to, John Travolta would be like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> uh, he should say it to Kelly Monaco in her fucking kiss makeup in Idle Hands. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, me too. Uh, I was thinking when I was seeing the Taylor Swift movie that like, this is just like if I- got on stage in front of like an entire stadium of people and just like read my F this movie articles. And I'm like, this is the reserve seating section. (laughs) And then like me and Rob do like a bit. And then I'm just like, this is the 2k replay section. And then I read like three really good 2k replays. And then everybody's just like losing their fucking minds. You do the doc Hollywood section and people are like, this is kind of like when he was doing country. And then like the one guy, (laughs) (laughs) the one guy is just like, I hope he plays Casper awards. (laughs) And then he doesn't, and then he's, like, holding up a billboard, or, like, a poster board. He's like, Casper Award. Do the fucking Casper Awards. <laughs> this is only for long-time <laughs> listeners of this movie who have a deep knowledge yeah. of this website. All right. 
Um, okay. Uh, Urban Legend or the Rage Carry 2? Rage Carry 2. Urban Legend or Scream? Scream. Urban Legend or Scream 2? Scream 2. Urban Legend or Halloween H2O? <sighs> Halloween H2O. Okay. Right, minor now, baby it's a minor classic <laughs> i told you we'd get back to that motherfucker um should i watch house yeah okay have you never seen it i've never seen House. it's fun okay all right uh, and not in a way where i'm being dismissive of it like <laughs> it's it. literally fun i like it uh okay urban legend or these 1998 horror movies oh shit. i've named a couple so i won't yeah, include them okay again. um urban legend or apt pupil <laughs> urban legend listen to our patreon show urban legend aura era apt era urban <laughs> <laughs> Losing it. I'm back, back it, back it. <laughs> All right. Listen to our Patreon for more back it talk. Gumas Kuna. Horrorhouse and Bailing. Uh, <laughs> okay. Urban Legend or Bride of Chucky? Bride of Chucky. Urban Legend or Blade? Blade. Urban Legend or Deep Rising? Deep Rising. Urban Legend or Fallen? <laughs> It's funny because Urban Legend beat all these other 90s movies, and now everything else that came out in 98 was better. Yeah. Um, Urban Legend. Urban Legend or Night Watch? Never saw Night Watch. I haven't either. Uh, er, it, it always like insisted upon itself. Yeah. It's like, we're classy Miramax festival. Right. right. Anyways. Urban Legend or, I know the answer to this one, Psycho 98. Psycho 98, baby! Urban Legend or The Night Flyer? Night Flyer's good. Night Flyer is fantastic. I stupidly, many years ago, sold off my now out of print DVD of Night Flyer. I smartly probably bought the same copy. <laughs> Fuck. Because now I'm. It's a snap case. It is a snap case. It's an HBO, which means it's probably not going to be re released. I haven't seen it in years because I fucking sold my DVD. It's on YouTube. I'll probably watch it on YouTube this month because uh, it's fucking good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Urban Legend or Phantoms? Urban Legend. Urban Legend or Species 2. Urban Legend. Urban Legend or D. Snyder's Strangeland. <laughs> See? Everything converges. Uh, Urban Legend is better than Strangeland, if you can believe that. And then Urban Legend or John Carpenter's Vampires. Mm. Mm. The highs of vampires are higher than Urban Legend. But Urban Legend is more consistent. It feels weird to choose it over a Carpenter movie. I'm really struggling with this one, as you can tell. But it's like the best <clears throat> Jamie Blanks movie or right. a not great right. middle of the pack Maybe Carpenter. the third worst Carpenter movie. What are the other ones? Like the, I'd put it. probably Memoirs of an Invisible Man below it. Okay. Even though that movie's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'd put... Uh, the ward at the bottom would you put village of the damned remake above vampires vampires yeah i've never that's one of the few that i haven't seen is village of the damned it's not so great but like it flirts with greatness at times okay the first half hour every time i watch it i'm like this is the one this is the mm -hmm. unclaimed carpenter uh and then it turns into kind of a standard remake mm -hmm. in the way that like it's almost like the Rob Zombie Halloween where like half of it, you're like, yeah, this is interesting. This is doing its own thing. And then you're like, oh, this is just Halloween. Yeah. That's kind of Village of the Damned. Welcome to the songs I love from movies set. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the grab bag. <laughs> love it. Welcome to horror movies I thought would do better than they did at the box office. Your 
in in November, I do feel like reserve seating should do an arrows tour episode. All right, because <laughs> I think it'd be pretty fucking funny. Yeah, we're and doing that... a Rob theme month, but I think oh, okay. maybe we could do like a, we're doing a scary movie month recap. We could do a double errors scary Arrows. movie month recap Arrows. thing. Because yeah. the one where you guys went back at you like Back to the Future two it, yeah, was really fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I have so many that I regret, but like <laughs> at the same time, it's just kind of like whatever. I don't. You just move on. I mean, I I definitely have stuff I regret that I wrote early on. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that you mentioned that like you genuinely regret, I was like, okay, I know what that's going to be, but I don't see regretting anything else of your stuff of or your like stuff. Me of my yeah. Stuff? When you brought up the one where you were like, these are overrated, I was like, I knew that that's the one yeah. that you were going to say that you regret it. That's my scarlet letter, right? Yeah, I can't imagine there's anything else you regret. No, I mean, like to be honest, I tbh. It was funny because Rob said we should do what reviews we've done on reserve seating that we regret. And I looked back on it, and I don't mean this in like a way, like a cocky way. I was just like, I don't regret any of these opinions because most of the time that was the last time I watched these. Right. So, like, I've had no time to change my mind. Right. Um, But. Yeah, it's more just like yeah, like our approach to certain things or sure. like what we talked about. But at the same time, it's just like if you do these, if you do so many articles or videos or podcasts, it's like you're not gonna be happy with everything that you've We've said. We've been doing or, this almost 14 years. Yeah. Like, of course, things have changed in 14 years, and yeah. like, I regret putting F in front of things at the beginning. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, it's so dumb. It's basically what we're saying is like what Taylor Swift did is not that impressive. <laughs> Uh, seconded. <laughs> it's like she's a great girl. We're really happy for her success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, is she? Does she think we're great guys? Right. Is she happy for our success? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I don't either. It's weird because like when I was watching that documentary and I saw like the you know tens of thousands of fans in that building, I'm yeah. like, that's how many people listen to our show in a week, right? Exactly. And it's like, and she needed like 16 years to get that. It's weird. <laughs> What's better, Urban Legends or the Eras Tour? Eras Tour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the Eras Tour. I feel like that yeah. could be like an honorable mention. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I the the biggest difference is, and I've noticed this um, recently when I've gone to the movies. The closer I sit to the screen, mm-hmm. and I kind of let it just sort of overtake me, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed movies more. Interesting. Where I usually used to sit like in the middle or towards yeah. the back. But, like, lately, like, it was a big difference with Eris Tour. Was- and then I saw Carnival of Souls at the Gene Sisko Film Center, but it was, like, a small theater. Yeah. But I was, like, in the second row, and I'm just, like, this is playing for me in, like, a great new way. Because yeah. it's, like, so in- immediate. And um, I went at the Tivoli, I used to, like, kind of sit more towards the back. And then I moved up, like, towards the front for, like, the Star Wars movies. Yeah. And, like, the pod racing scene is just, like, overwhelming and I, I I recommend sitting close. Is this why I don't like anything? Because I watch so much stuff at home and don't go to the theater enough. I don't know if it's that. Might be. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Should I sit really close to my TV? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'll do. Crisscross applesauce <laughs> on the floor. Really close. Crisscross. Crisscross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to sit like... Just laying on the ground for Killers on the Flower Moon. Yeah. 
just rolling back and forth. I think you should. Like, in a blanket. In a blanket. <laughs> uh, are we done? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, go to fthismovie.com every day for more cool movie shit. Thursdays, reserve seating. New episodes of the podcast on Wednesdays. Uh, other cool movie shit other days. Email us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at fthismovie. And continue with the Scary Movie Challenge. Seven word reviews. Every time you watch a scary movie, we'll read them on the show next week. Uh, thanks again, Adam. Thank you. I forgot to mention that I like when Gayheart goes, I brought visual aids. Listening to FS Movie.